uh, a planet-destroying explosion. And so his father, in an attempt to save his son, places his infant son in a starcraft and sends him to Earth. On Earth, uh, a couple by the name of Jonathan and Martha Kent discover this little baby in a field outside their farm in Smallsville, Kansas. And so they take this young man into their home and they raise him as their own. Then when he's 18 years old, Jonathan Kent takes Clark Kent out to the field and shows him the starcraft that brought him to them and explains the story. And at 18 years old, Clark Kent decides, makes the decision that from that day forward, he will use his powers for the good and only for the good of mankind. So Clark and his uh, foster parents come up with this idea and they, they, uh, they produce this uh, suit <laughs> that is supposed to keep his identity secret so that when he uh, operates in this power that he has because he's from this other planet that uh, it no one will know who he is. It conceals his identity basically so that people won't attach the two. But Soon the whole world discovers that he is faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. He is... All right, he's Superman. Yeah, Superman. Lois Lane, his co-worker at the Daily Planet newspaper, gives him this name. And I grew up watching Superman on TV. He would fight these daily battles against the guys like Lex Luthor and uh, Brainiac and General Zod and Bizarro and Doomsday. He did all of this while trying to conceal his true identity from those around him. I'll never forget, I can still remember this thinly veiled disguise that he, uh, he would wear. He would come, he would, it was, I don't know why it was, it seems like in my memory, he was always a gray suit with the hair parted to the side with the thin black rimmed glasses that he would walk around with to keep people, uh, at least that's the Superman I remember, Christopher Reeves, the best Superman ever ever wore that as his disguise and I and and, and then I, I I would be watching that show and I'd be like come on man you mean you're you can't you can't figure that out I mean he's got his hair parted on the side and he's wearing fake glasses come on Lois Lane you're supposed to be this like really cool reporter that a detective kind of reporter and and you can't figure it out and then when there was trouble um Trouble would erupt and a need would be found. And Clark Kent would do this. He would dash into a nearby phone booth. And all of a sudden, he would change into this spandex-clad, uh, muscle-bound, hair slicked back with a little curly cue. Come on, y'all. Come on now. And he would have all these really cool superpowers now, like, like x-ray vision, and he'd have uh, enhanced hearing, and he'd have super speed flying and superhuman strength. And he would save the day, right? He was, so I, I've been thinking about this. Superman is probably one of the all-time great superhero stories, and I think there are some aspects of Superman's life that maybe we need to learn from. In fact, if you will remember last week, I started in uh, by reading for, to you from Romans as Paul addressed some things that we need to deal with. And I want us to go back there today because I think Paul uh, gives us some insight on one, uh, several of the requirements to become the hero or the Superman or Superwoman that God intends for us to be. So I just want to tell you this morning, welcome to Superman School.
Paul in Romans takes us to Superman school. So I want you to turn in your Bibles. It'll be on the screen if you don't have it. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 12, a familiar passage of Scripture, but I want us to look at it a little bit differently this morning. Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Skip down to verse 3 in a different version here. As God's messengers, I give each of you God's warning. Be honest in your estimate of yourselves, measuring your value by how much faith God has given you. Verse 6, God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. Then Paul goes on in the same chapter and he begins to list some of the things that he's given us as gifts, superhuman powers, powers to, to operate in. He says some of you have been gifted to preach. Some of you have been gifted to serve. Some of you have been give, uh, gifted to give. Some of you have been gifted to be an administrator. God gives us all these gifts. I'm not going to take time to read the list. You need to read it for yourself. He's just listing those for us. So in this passage, Paul is literally detailing for us the Clark Kent to Superman transformation that should be taking place place in our lives as followers of Christ. He literally takes us to Superman school in a very short amount of time and he lays out the steps necessary for us to become everything that God wants us to become. Are you with me? All right. So here we go. Here I'm going to show you two lessons that he teaches us. The first one is this. A phone booth is necessary. Yeah. So, so I remind you that Clark Kent became a hero. Here it is. When he was able to change. When Clark Kent was able to find his way into a phone booth and change into his Superman duds, all of a sudden he became Superman. He literally became Superman when he has this moment where change is produced. Clark Kent would steal away into a phone booth and he became a man of steel. And Paul makes it abundantly clear in Superman School Lesson Number 1 that transformation is absolutely required. It's required. Uh, it doesn't matter how nice of a person you were before you met Jesus. It doesn't matter how mild-mannered you were before you met Jesus. It doesn't matter how nice you were to your kids, how nice you were to your wife, or your husband, or your dog. Nobody can be nice to a cat, but, but it does not matter how nice of a person that you were. The truth is, is that change is absolutely required if you are going to become what God wants you to become. It is essential. Here's, here, the, so, so I want to say it like this. The determining factor in whether or not you will be a hero or a villain is solely determined by your willingness to change. You must be willing to change. I want you to hear me this morning. I think our issue is this for many of us. is Many of us want to act like Superman, but we never spend any time in the phone booth experiencing the change necessary to become Superman. We want to strut around like we're some superhuman Christian, but we never spend any time allowing God to change us. 
Okay, it's quiet up in here now. Uh, I, I, I think a lot of us are struggling to be heroic because we haven't or we are unwilling to spend time in the phone booth to allow His Holy Spirit to change us. And without change, listen to me today, without change, at your very best you will be Clark Kent. At your very worst you will be a villain. Without change you cannot be Superman. Okay, so, so Paul tells us that it is impossible to stay the same and be a hero. I wonder how many of us encounter Christ but then refuse to allow him to change anything other than our soul. We come to services like this and we have an encounter with Jesus. Jesus, I want to make you the Lord of my life. I want to make you the Lord of my, uh, my, my heart, my soul. I'm going to put you on the throne of my life. And then we walk out of the building and we never allow that same Jesus that saved us from our sin to address the other needed changes in our life. My question to you this morning is this, is have you encountered Jesus enough to save your soul but you refuse to allow him to change your mindset, your emotions, or your desires and then because of that you are never able to graduate into Superman status. It requires change. To become all that Christ wants and empowers us to become, we must slip into the phone booth. And here they are. I'm going to tell you what the phone booth is. We must slip into the phone booth of these three things. Worship, God's presence, God's presence, right? God's word and God's body. You missed it. In order for us to become everything that Jesus wants us to become, it will require us to spend substantial amount of time in His presence, in His Word, and in His body. I can't get no help. It is this, it's, it, it's the hidden times in these three places that does something. It chips away at our Clark Kent. That's what it does. I just need to tell you, I'm, I'm trying to help you this morning. The reason we come to worship together, the reason you get out of bed on a Sunday morning to walk in this place is not to check it off your list. The reason that we spend time in worship like we do here is because we recognize that one of the things that changes us into the superman and superwoman that God wants us to be is his presence. You cannot experience his, his, this change necessary if you're not willing to spend time in his presence so we we don't come to we don't come to to see a cool show we come to worship in his presence and let his presence address the needed changes in our life the second one is his word I just want to help you this morning you will never become superman if you don't spend time in his word other than just on Sunday morning okay all right and you will not become the superhero that God wants you to become if you don't spend time in his body. I think, I think we got it twisted sometimes. I think we think we're just here just to do our church thing. Listen, this is his body. We make up his body. We spend time with one another because when I'm with you, when, I'm in, when, I'm in, uh, when I encounter godly wisdom and counsel and relationship, it chips away at my old man and I become the superhero. Yeah, yeah so, so that's why it's necessary. These three elements produce change. I, I, I need to tell you something this morning. God never changes, but we must. 
listen, the, the, the very best version of you without, hon- without the honing done by the Holy Spirit will never produce a hero. You become a hero when you get into the presence of God, when you get into the Word of God, and when you spend time inside of His body, all of a sudden change begins to be produced in your life and the Holy Spirit begins to work on you. Some of us got some stuff we need worked on. I just want to ask you this question. When was the last time that you seriously evaluated your own life, your own attitudes, your own mindsets, your own emotions, and then you invited the Holy Spirit to actually produce change in you? That is absolutely required in order for us to become a hero. You've got to find your phone booth. No phone booth, no hero. I'll say it again. No phone booth. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. Okay, I got a challenge for you. Over the next four weeks, I want you to do something for me, all right? I really don't, but I'm going to act like I do. I want you to not spend any time in worship. No time in his presence. Not at church, not in your car, not at home. I don't even, I want you to hide your Bible and delete the app off your phone so you can't find it. And then every time a believer kind of wants to spend some time with you, decline. Just say, no, I'm going to spend my time with some people that don't believe anything about God. I'm just going to, can I tell you what's going to happen? You're going to be a villain. It, it, it won't take four weeks. It'll take about four hours. And all of a sudden, all the honing and the chipping away and the hero-producing power that Jesus is applying to our life through those things disappears and we lose it. And so I just want to challenge you this morning that our, our issue is this. We continue to try to conceal our identity. If you don't spend time in the phone booth, you are concealing. You're walking through life as Clark Kent and you're concealing your identity. And But it's when you go into the presence of God, read the word of God, spend the time with the body that all of a sudden you come out as Superman. So second thing I want you to point out to you is this, is that I want you to remember the moment in the field looking at the Starcraft. Clark comes to the decision that he will only use his powers for the good of mankind. Only, some of y'all are looking at me like I'm crazy because some of us don't know that part of the story. You got to be like a Superman freak to figure that, you, 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 you saw this in the comic books, right? He, he comes at 18 years old, he makes up his mind, I will only use my powers for the good of mankind. Think about it in that one moment, Clark Kent positions himself, listen, as a hero. If he had used his superpowers in a different manner, then the story would not be the same. Right? Am I right? I mean, come on, come on guys. Let's be honest. How many of the, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. How many of the guys in the room have ever wished, as you saw the Superman story unfold, that you had been granted X-ray, X-ray vision and it had nothing to do with the betterment of mankind? Come on, be honest now. Let's be honest. Do we need to show our hands? Don't, don't. I see some of you wanted to, you know, you know, yeah, just needed to scratch my back. Yeah, 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 yeah. How, how, how many of us have wanted, longed for superhuman strength, not to help anybody, but to settle a score? Yeah, yeah, it, it's true. So if Clark Kent had decided that day to use his powers for self-serving purposes, then he would have instantly become a villain. Here, I'm going to help you this morning. The difference between heroes and villains is how they use their power. I'm going to say that one more time. The difference 
between a hero and a villain comes down to how they use their power. Okay, so, so the same is true for us because we, are all, we all have to come to this place in our life where we will make the choice about how we will use the power that God has given us. Because Paul clearly states that we have been given power. In fact, Paul warns us that one of our challenge, challenges will be the temptation to become proud or conceited or big-headed about our powers and our abilities. I, I'm just talking Bible. He says, be careful. If he didn't agree with what I'm saying right now, which is you are gifted and you have power, then there's no reason for him to warn us to be careful. So, so he says that we must be careful to evaluate our, or consider ourselves properly. Why? So that we will remain humble and use our powers correctly. So our issue this morning, hear me, is not lack of power. There's not one person in here that has knelt down in their heart or in their spirit and accepted Christ as their Savior that does not have power residing in you. The issue is not lack of power. You have power in you. The issue then is, or the challenge then is this. We face this idea where we are so pow- we have so much power in us that we have to make a choice how we're going to use that power. So, so Paul, Paul even lists some of the gifts or the powers that we may have been given. So let me just help you. Let me explain. Just as an example, for instance, he says that for some of us, we have been given the gift of communication. Know anybody that is a believer in Jesus that's been given the gift of communication? I'm not talking about preaching. I'm talking about they've been given the gift of communication. They've got the gift of gab. They're a communicator. Right, so, so, so you have a choice. If, if you have been empowered with the gift or the ability to communicate, then you have to choose whether you will use that gift of gab to edify or to destroy. You have to make up your mind. You have to come to the conclusion, God has gifted me in this area, so now I've got to figure out, am I going to use that power to, to elevate or manipulate? Because if you've been given the gift of gab, how many of you have learned you can use that gift of communication to manipulate people to get them to do what you want them to do? But if you choose to use the gift wisely, you can build people up. Am I, okay, so let, let's keep going. He says that, he says that uh, some of us have been given the gift of influence, so you will, be cho- you will be faced with this choice. I'm just talking about the difference between heroes and villains. To be a hero, you will have to make the choice to use your influence wisely, or you can be a, a, a villain and choose to use your influence in a self-serving way. Anybody ever met anybody that ha- don't don't even name them? Because some we <laughs> right now in political season we we see it happen all the time. People that have influence use that influence for their own good. Okay. Then he goes on. He even says that some of us have been given given the power to to have financial blessings, or he talks about the the gift or the power of generosity. And 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 so so we we have this power. But when we have this power, if you've been gifted that way, then you ha- must make the choice about whether or not you are going to use that power and how you're going to 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 give as directed by the Spirit. Or are you going to use everything that God gives you on yourself? So this is what it comes down to. 
hero or villain all comes down to how we use our power. So then this comes down to how we manage our flesh. Because I want you to hear me this morning. Our flesh is not saved. Our spirit is saved. When you bow your knees to Jesus and accept him as Lord, your spirit is saved. But my old man is still alive and kicking at times. And so it comes down to whether or not I'm able or willing to manage my flesh. Okay, so, so we, we're, we know that death resides in our body and our flesh, so we must overpower it. That's why that Paul starts off our Superman school by declaring that we must present ourselves as a living sacrifice because he knew we would need to lay our flesh down. He knew that we are not, he, this is what Paul knows. He knows, I, I hate to break some of this to you because it's going to hurt some of you, but I understand. Just stay with me a moment. I, Paul recognizes that we don't all have equal talent. We don't all have equal riches. Am I right? He, 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 he says, he, he's telling us that we're not identical in all those areas. But let me tell you the one area we're always identical. All of us. Everyone in this room. It's level at this place right here. We all are equal in choices. We all have choices to make, the same choices. How am I going to use what God has given me? Am I going to use it for God's good or my good? Am I going to use my power, that gifting to help you, or am I going to hurt you? Am I right? That we're, we're, so so you, will, you will face the choice to use your gift correctly. I bring this up because I watch way too many gifted people act way more and behave more like villains than they do heroes, number one, because they skip the phone booth, but number two, because they use that gifting or power wrong. Let me just stay in the church world. I won't walk out of the church world yet, but let me just say this. Have you, have you ever seen somebody that's extremely gifted in worship that, that has the ability to, to if, they, if they choose to, to usher people into the presence of God, but instead they, be, they get trapped in performance? And now it's about whether I sing right or play right and it has nothing to do with me taking you into the presence of God anymore it's about me getting followers on Twitter and getting my name up in light haven't you seen a preacher that's been anointed that could stand up and communicate and produce change in the room but now all of a sudden he's trapped by applause and popularity and he won't say what the Holy Spirit tells him to say because he's afraid he'll offend somebody haven't you seen somebody that's gifted, uh, that, that has the power of administration, which is the idea of putting things in order and providing structure, who slips out of the hero mode, goes into villain mode, and becomes someone who's a control freak? Okay, it's quiet up in here. I just need to tell you this morning, just so you'll know, gifted people will always be used. God gifts you so that you can be used. In fact, Scripture teaches us that your gift will make room for you and bring you before great men. So in other words, we all have this power inside of us. Hang, hang with me. I'm almost done. Hang with me. Hang with me. Hang with me. I need you to hear this statement. Because every, I, I'm not looking at, at one ungifted person in this entire room. You may not have the same gift as the person sitting next to you. You may not have as many gifted areas of your life as the people sitting next to you. But there's not one person under the sound of my voice that does not have the gift or the power of God inside of you. Something in order for you to do. So if that's true. 
If you don't develop your character, if you don't go to Superman school, then the only people that will use your gift are those that are willing to put up with your dysfunction because they so desperately need your gift. I hope you're thinking. Haven't you watched gifted people that are so dysfunctional that nobody wants to spend any time with them and nobody wants them on their inner circle, but they're so gifted, we make room for them because we so desperately need their gift. So, so, so what I'm saying then is this. If you are gifted, then I, I, I admonish you, and you are. If you're gifted, and you are, I admonish you this morning. Work harder on your character than you work on your gift so that you will learn to use your gift or the power that God has placed in you correctly. Correctly. So this is why it's essential to go back to point one and tell you that you need a phone booth. Superman school is just like regular school. If you flunk flunk the lesson, you don't learn the lesson, you go back and do it over again. So I'm telling you that what we need to do, most of us, I'm just, can I, most of us in this room, let me tell you what we need to do. We need to spend more time in the phone booth. We need to get alone in the presence of God in the presence of his word, in right relationship with wise and godly counsel and allow that phone booth to form the gift and the character inside of us so that when we come out the phone booth on the other side, we know how to use our powers properly. And so what we're going to do is this. Julie, come on. We're just going to, just the, just the two of them, I just, just Julie and Keyboard, we're just going to take a moment, and I want you to do this. I'm going to pray for you, and then I'm going to release you to do this. I want you to find yourself a place. It could be at your chair. Maybe you need to get in an altar. Maybe you need to go face the wall. I don't know. Whatever you got to do. I need you to find your phone booth for just a few moments. we got plenty of time. We're going to spend some time in his presence so that he shapes us and forms us because the question is not, do you have power? Are you gifted? We know the answer to that question because it's yes. The real question is this. How are you going to use it? Are you going to use it properly? Your, de- your choice about how you will use the gifts in you will determine whether or not you're a hero or you're a villain. And I need some of us to graduate Superman school today so that we can become everything he wants us to become. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would challenge us this morning to evaluate our own life. God, we're not evaluating whether we're gifted. We know the answer to that. Our issue is not lack of power. The challenge we face this morning is not lack of power, not lack of giftings. The challenge we face this morning is will we allow you to shape us and chip our old man away? Will we manage our flesh? Will we beat our body into subjection so that that, that we, we operate according to your character rather than our own desires and wishes? Will we use our powers properly? 
as we evaluate our giftings, we recognize they come from you and we want to use them right. Help us this morning to make that determination. But God, we recognize the only way that that happens is when we spend time in your presence and we spend time in your word and you put people around us of godly character and we allow you to shape us and form us and we kill the Clark Kent in us so that we can become everything you want us to become. Transform us, I pray today, as we spend time in your presence. Would you move to wherever you need to move to to get into his presence, to get focused on him just for a moment? In this moment of quietness, as, the, as, as, as Julie leads us and sings, would you just begin to ask Jesus to, to, to address every area of your life, your mindset, your emotions, your desires, your appetites, your attitudes.